So that Tom AI was a bit of a failed experiment, wasn't it? It's lucky I'm back this week. What do you mean failed? It was a huge, roaring success. It's been oh, one of my most popular episodes ever. But how Literally could it be? It didn't the even most sound... popular episode ever. It didn't sound anything like me. <laughs> oh, dear. You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. And welcome to episode 81 of the Host Unknown podcast. It's okay. I'm back, lads. I'm back. It's okay. You can take out the AA batteries from that AI and put it back in a box. Not needed anymore. Wow. It it was. I've grown really fond of the AI and I'm really (laughs) glad we've got it. It'll be a far better friend to us once you're gone. Well, it might, it might remember to get around to sending you your birthday present for a start, Jeff. Yes, it might. It it's, might. Just, it's, it's only, what, three three weeks late, isn't it? It's all right. It's all right. It's, it's a surprise birthday present. I, it'll be a surprise when I find it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's so all the, rotted inside. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing was, like, Tom literally had it there in his sights when he yes. said, shall I get this? I yeah, said, yes. And, and so, they wouldn't let me buy it because the boss wasn't there. So oh, it wouldn't let me I buy see. it. And then I've just oh, not okay. had a chance to go back. And now I'm traveling all the time. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, dear. But this is making me very worried it, <laughs> as to what it was that they need boss approval for you. For it will be sell. a, what, what can I say, Jav? It will be a distinctly average present for an okay friend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the show off someone's back. Yes. <laughs> you, anyway, you, you gentlemen. Know what? Oh, sorry. One year, about five years ago, I went to um, Columbia for a Tactical Edge the, the mm. conference, yeah. and I presented there. And, and one evening, we we all went out for dinner to this place. It was a really nice um, sort of place. Ed, Edgar Rojas, he he arranges the conference. He's a fantastic <clears throat> host. He looks after you. So we're all in there, and it was a, quite a retro place. Uh, they had lots of like old memorabilia scattered all over the place. And one of them was a neon sign for Napster, I believe. Oh, wow. Brilliant. And so there's a whole table full of like 20 security people and hackers and what have you. And a few of them were like, we really need that. And uh, they're like, well, how are you going to get it off the wall and everything? And then like, so one of them went and, and sweet talked to one of the waiters who called over the manager. And they were like, oh, one of my best friends used to work there and he died and it would really mean a lot to us. <laughs> If we could take it off off your hands and wipe you, uh, I, I think some money may have been exchanged, but they ended up pulling out a ladder. Two staff got up there. They pulled. It was a massive neon sign. They pulled it off the wall, and uh, we walked out of the restaurant with it. So. Okay, so Andy, the um, the Napster sign is now off. I didn't realise you already had one. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> God, they told me it's the gift that everybody wants. Yeah. <laughs> the money can't buy. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> anyway, how are you, Jav, apart from bathing in the glow of your neon Napster sign? I'm very good. I'm very good, thank you. Um, you know, we, we had a... Uh, uh, a residence meeting <laughs> just a few days ago. <laughs> oh, this this little saga's hotting up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now, now there's some debate as to whether we put uh, retractable bollards on the ends to oh. prevent unauthorized vehicles entering. Hang on, I've got a far more important question. Yeah, what biscuits did you serve at the residence meeting? 
actually, <laughs> I went out that day. I had uh, to, so I delegated my sixteen-year-old daughter to go and uh, vote <laughs> on my behalf. <laughs> and what did she vote for? The bollards, because oh, okay. I told I told her to vote for the bollards because some people wanted gates because they don't use their garage or they don't have a garage. So they wanted those big gates, which are A, more expensive, but B, they're a pain. You Even if you're walking, you have to, oh, where are the keys? I have to take it, unlock it and everything. Bollards will prevent the vehicles, which we don't want, but still allow foot traffic or cycles yep. and everything like that. To come are they go. automatic one, ones you can press a button on? I, I Well, we haven't really decided. It was just like all, all a bit up in the air. But I think the voting took place. We've agreed on bollards. And now one of the neighbours, who's a very active gentleman in in this field, he's he's gone out to research the different types of bollards. And he will inform us on our group WhatsApp group okay. chat uh, as to what was decided. Is, so it, is this gentleman the owner of a bollard installation company <laughs> by any chance? I have no idea. <laughs> Wow, security at home and at work, impressive. Well, you know you're going to have to send a picture, you know, of the of the plans and of the installation, and you know we're invested here. We're invested. <laughs> Even the Tom AI was invested. It was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Andy, what about you, mate? You come to me just as I stuff my mouth because I thought this saga was going to go on for a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> you you say it like that's a rare thing of me yeah, referring to you just as you put food in your mouth. I did. You know what was funny was uh, when we covered at the, um, oh, what do we call it? The Jerick show. And oh, yeah. Obviously yeah. on camera. <laughs> it was after Jeff sent a message saying, I didn't realise how much you eat. You were just eating constantly throughout that <laughs> <Yeah>. whole recording. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good thing we don't have cameras on here. But, no, yeah. can't complain. I rarely complain, so I've got nothing to complain about. Yeah, nothing to talk about as a result. You know, pick a fight with a neighbour or something or, you know, yeah. have have some rubbish dumped on your lawn and then you've got something to talk about. Well, do you know what we did? Have someone uh, dumped their KFC, uh, like, just everything outside our house. What? Yeah, pain in the backside. But you know what we did? Was there any sort of dumpster diving, looking for receipts, any of that? <laughs> no. Just picked it up, stuck it in the bin, moved yeah. on. Nick to chip. Yeah, exactly. Good food, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, you can't let it work. You know, 24-hour rule. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, Andy, if you had the problem and no one was willing to help, then you know who to call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the not... Tom AI. The, the, <laughs> the, the neighbourhood watch team. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your friendly neighbourhood jab. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this week I am in Berlin. Last week it was Amsterdam, and I had to, uh, which is why I couldn't attend. But this week I am in Berlin. Uh, speak, spoken at a conference yesterday, and uh, I saw Checkpoint Charlie today, which was really quite cool, even though it's surrounded. Oh, yes. By... I, was, so, I was there a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's literally like four blocks down from the from the hotel I'm in. That's um, amazing. Right. Okay, but it's it it's surrounded by shops that sell Checkpoint yep. Charlie Tut. Yep, and and right opposite it, it's kind of nestled between a McDonald's and a KFC, Capitalism. which is yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But uh, you know, the KFC is on the old east side, and the McDonald's on the old west side. So I think that tells you, you know, about those uh, those commie chicken eaters. 
It's me chicken. It's funny. You were in, uh, you're in Germany, and yesterday for lunch, I went and had a German Donner kebab, which was uh, quite quite interesting. Was it called on... Donner und Blitzen? No, it's called, that, that's the name of the chain. It's called German Donner kebab. <laughs> oh, right. And, and and on the wall, they had uh, pictures of the Berlin Wall and all the graffiti yeah, on the yeah. Berlin Wall. And we yeah. sat there, and my wife looks over and said, what's this? graffiti they got on the wall and I said it's a Berlin wall and she looked at me as if she'd never heard of it because she hadn't heard of it so <laughs> did you tell I, her it's where uh, David, Hass- David Hasselhoff made history yeah exactly and, but, yeah. but she didn't know who David Hasselhoff was either so. <laughs> what? Uh, and you married this woman oh, sorry sorry to hear about your divorce mate That's, uh... <laughs> you know it's uh, it, it's one of those things like you know Marrying, marrying a, a mute, blind, deaf girl. It's uh, one of the things. Sometimes it's the only way you can get married, right? Exactly. Tell me about it. <laughs> Even that was touch and go for a while. And Mrs. The Malik, if you are listening, uh, that was all on Jav. That was unscripted, entirely on Jav. Nothing to do with us. She's got better things to do than to listen to this podcast. <laughs> anyway, what have we got coming up for you today? Well, this week in InfoSec takes us back to when having a virus actually meant something. Rant of the week proves finally that size doesn't matter. Billy Big Balls delivers on its promise. Industry News brings us the latest and greatest security news stories from around the world. And finally, Tweet of the Week is from the InfoSec branding department, where your security measures may go up as well as down. All right, let's go to the favourite part of the show, the part of the show we like to call... This Week in InfoSec. I'm impressed that you're managing to sort of quarterback this show from a hotel room in Berlin, Tom. What Uh, can I say? I've got my mobile studio with me. Your iPhone, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, our, it's going to be a drive-by InfoSec memory lane because what people probably don't realise is that we are recording a whole day earlier than usual and uh, we're even less prepared than usual. So <laughs> as I scroll through the Today yeah. in InfoSec timeline, uh, our first, or in fact our only uh is going to take us back a myth 38 years to the 10th of November 1983, where at a security seminar, Len Adelman used virus in connection with self-replicating computer programs. Uh, So afterwards, use of the term took off, but it wasn't the first use of a virus in this way. Uh, There was a 1973 (coughs) movie called Westworld, where it was used to describe the malfunction spreading in robots. So, so was it the movie or the book? Because it um, it's a Michael Crichton book, isn't it? Well, see, I don't know when the book was written. Um, well, but it, was, it imagine... was before it was before the um, the film because the film is based on oh, the book. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Um, so what's interesting about it is obviously it's the internet that this is yeah. posted on. So someone's actually replied and said it actually showed up in The Scarred Man which was a 1970 sci-fi short story. 
um, where the author, yeah, actually writes oh. about malicious and self-replicating program named Virus. So you remember that you know, Tom when it came out? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I had to get it off my bookshelf and have a look. <laughs> yeah. So the last time you saw a movie, wasn't it? it just yeah. <laughs> Westworld. <laughs> Westworld was such a good film. Oh, such the original a... one was. Yeah, yeah Yul Brynner. Yul Brynner was just relentless and just yeah. so so emotional. He was he was the um, um, basically he's the Terminator's daddy. Let me put it that way. Just the, 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 the way he just continues to hunt and hunt. Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. A Future World oh, was good, which was the follow-on. But, uh, right. But, so that's why I was disappointed with uh, – you know, this guy did the series, Westworld. Yes. I, yeah, I, I liked it. I know lots of people did, but I couldn't – like, Yul Brenner's always the one that did it, you know, properly. They had, uh, did have there, a few references to that. Yeah, but well, there's too much of a deviation. Yeah, but I think I think you know what the the series did was actually investigate how AI, you know, true AI and intelligence, etc., can evolve and grow. Whereas in the seventies, there was you know that that wasn't even a concept that people could even sort of understand that level of sentience. You yeah. Know? So uh, well, I liked the series because it really investigated, you know, how what happens when machines start to realize that they're just playthings. You know, and that they actually do have lives and sentience and a, a soul of sorts, and you know all that. So, uh, it had it, it, it had its moments. Don't get me wrong, but I I, I enjoyed it. I must admit. But you see, I've never read the book, and I I've not seen the original film. So my only exposure to Westworld was the Sky TV show, and it was I when I watched it, I I saw it less about the machines and more about a commentary on how depraved humanity is. When it feels it can get away with stuff without consequence. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, very true. Very true. There's some clever you're going too deep. There's some clever storytelling as well. Clever storytelling, use of time, you know, within the narrative and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I, it was good. I was I was impressed. Anyway. Anyway. Oh yeah, you said that was the only one, didn't you? That's the only one. <laughs> That's the only one. Excellent. This is gonna be a short show, folks. You might be able to get your dinner early today. This week in InfoCert. Excellent. And I think we can move straight on to this week's Rant of the Week. Listen up! Rant of the Week. It's time to mother rage! I had your back, Tom, to pick up the mantle off this. I tried to do a rant last week. It was horrible. Was it? So, the, so you've given this story to me that I've only just read. Well, isn't that with the same with all the stories? Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, it turns out that if you click on the link in the show notes, folks, and you can read this for yourself, obviously, but it turns out that if you are a pharmaceutical giant with millions and billions of revenue, that you still under underfund and under-resource your IT and security because many of these pharmaceutical giants are basically run old, vulnerable apps um, and even fail to use basic encryption, you know, even like during login forms, so, you know, usernames and passwords are, are passed through in, in plain text and all that sort of thing. So in a, in a, in a report by Outpost24 uh, entitled The 2021 Web Application Security for Healthcare, 3.3% um, of those firms that were scanned are deemed suspicious 
um, including open test environments that should have been closed. And that's 3.3% is actually quite a large amount given the, the kind of uh, uh, um, private, sensitive, and even intellectual property kind of data that it, that is held. Uh, 18% of the organizations using outdated un and unpatched web components. And this is in the, you know, these are scanned from outside. This is not just inside their, their corporate walls. Um, and that's one in, one in five of these environments is insecure. It's out of date. Uh, it's the same in U.S. healthcare. Um, organizations there have roughly the same amount of suspicious apps in operation, but tend to run fewer apps. Uh, but 23.74%, so slightly more, are outdated. I'm going to stop reading these highlights because bottom line is healthcare, certainly now, certainly at this time, is paramount in the importance of our economy, our livelihood, our health, obviously, our lives, and you know us getting back to normal. And yet, it seems perfectly acceptable, you know, for these companies that are making billions and billions of of uh, pounds, dollars, yen, and whatever else in revenue, to run this kind of operation that puts all I've just said, you know, uh, our livelihoods, health, economy, etc., at risk. Um, from from theft or loss or misuse, etc. Um, basic SSL failures, privacy policy mis misconfigurations, cookie settings, um, you know, just basic stuff that really on your externally facing environment should be fixed. So very, very surprising here, very, very annoying. And I feel, therefore, very much... Um, counts as a rant of the week for me. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I think what, what's really interesting is, uh, A, these are very low-hanging fruit, a lot of them, like having test environments, uh, you know, that, that are still exposed. But you, what are the odds? You know, if one of these organizations gets breached, they're going to get hire Kevin Mandia to come down and say, this was a highly sophisticated nation-state attack. No one could have seen it coming. Uh, we're going to help dig out the IOCs and, and secure you from now on. Whereas, it like most to things, anyone, Jeff. it could have happened to anyone. Yes, it can yeah. happen to anyone. Well, I'm, and but you know, without wishing to victim blame, which I know is is obviously very popular amongst journalists at the moment, I think you're right, Jeff. Because I think I think um, the problem is many of the times we victim blame companies that are you know literally just trying to do the very best they can. You know, they're 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 not these huge multinationals with billions of dollars of revenue and, you know, executives paid in the millions, et cetera, et cetera. You know, many of these are just sort of regular companies just trying to do what they can with what they can. These healthcare uh, giants are quite literally that giants in the industry who should know better. So do you know what's really surprised me about this is um, just the fact there's so many more publicly exposed applications in the EU that considered healthcare because it is such huge business in the US. I would have expected not just the big, you know, big orgs, but there would be, you know, very small orgs as well yeah. that have, you know, sort of exposed applications. And I would have thought it'd be more the smaller ones of those because like I say it's such big business. There, there's literally hundreds of thousands of these, you know, Medicare providers uh, or, you know, sort of anyone that falls under the healthcare industry in, in the US. 
Uh, I'm just surprised that the EU has so many, like three times the amount almost. Well, are they are they healthcare or pharmaceutical? There's a distinction. So healthcare in the US is massive business, but the pharmaceutical giants, there's only a, you know, there's only a, a, a handful, I don't know, Pfizer, GSK, Astra, uh, Zeneca. Um, yeah, but I guess going by, you know, the, the infographic that's included in the link, they both you know, it says U.S. healthcare and oh, okay. EU healthcare. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting so things like yeah, not having uh, encryption on on application forms and things like that. Yeah, that's because these are forms where you're probably typing in some of your most sensitive details, right? Yeah, you know, where where on your body is the rash? <laughs> We don't want people that flashing across the internet in in plain text, do we? Maybe not. Certainly not in my case. Anyway, that, my friends, was this week's rant of the week. Whew. God, you know what? I feel better for that. Got it off your chest? Yeah, I got it off my chest and I put it somewhere else. This is the Host Unknown Podcast, home of Billy Big Ball Energy. And talking of which, let's move on, Jav. It's your turn for... Now, this this uh, literally wrote itself into the Billy Big Ball section. A hack leaves fertility clinic medical data at risk. <laughs> data from private fertility clinic was put at risk after a ransomware attack hits a document management firm. Can I say this attack was inconceivable? Oh, man. Fuck. <laughs> no wonder you were really keen on doing the Billy Big Balls this week. <laughs> and quite how it's ine- inevitable, I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that was this week's Billy Big Balls. Thank you. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> oh, is that literally it? You're not going to talk about what actually happened? Oh, okay. So, so <laughs> they used a, a third party, as always. It's a third party. That was it. Uh, they were here, and uh, about seventeen hundred patients' data was affected. Uh, they're thinking it might be stolen, uh, sold on the dark web, or for you know, just shared. Um, you know, the IC, ICO told the BBC it was quote unquote making inquiries. So there's not much to go on. <laughs> Sorry, I'll say you added a story purely to get that that pun into. <laughs> it's my podcast. I mean, like, what's the point in having your own podcast if you can't do what you want to do on it? <laughs> Why yeah. are you ruining my podcast, man? Well, well, I want to do this. Billy Big Balls of the Week. So, so disappointed in both of you. I'll allow it. <laughs> So, you know, I actually, um, I've got my own company and it is named, it's literally a four-letter name, which is very similar to a fertility clinic. Uh, it uses the exact same letters in just a different order. And the amount of times, because I've got a catch-all email address, the amount of times that I receive like quite personal information, um, you know, literary results of fertility tests and things like that, that people just email me thinking that they're emailing this clinic. Um, wow. 
yeah, like quite <laughs> quite detailed. Like, and what what do you do with the uh, with the emails that you receive? Uh, I delete them. These as soon as I just delete them, I don't want to deal with that sort of stuff. Uh, it, like historically, like it's been going on for years, right? So historically. I think back in 2017, 2018, yeah, I would reply and say, look, you know, you've got the wrong email address. I think you need to resend. Um, but now I, I just delete them. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that I just don't want. Can't you put a rule in that will at least reply to these people to say, you know, you've got you've got the wrong one. You need to resend this. And by the way, I've deleted this email. Well, how do I know that it's, you know, not an email for me? Well, use keywords, you know, like, I don't know, pregnancy and um conception and sperm and things like that oh oh right okay yeah yeah you, you've never seen the group chat that i'm <laughs> no it's, i just realized yeah okay fair enough yeah so have have you have you considered changing your company name from ivf sec to something <laughs> do you know else what? oh do you know what and this this sperm counters are us um <laughs> Like you joke, but I was reading something about there's actually a company called Meta. Um, <laughs> Facebook are bullying into oh, giving up their. Oh, that's right. Did you see right. this? Yeah. Ah, no. um, oh, I don't know the details of it. Yeah, you have to Google it, right? <laughs> or else we can Google it and cut out a whole load of dead time while we Google the story. Um, but no, yeah. So there was a small company called Meta, and apparently, uh, you know, about six months ago, some lawyers turned up said they want to buy your name, buy your trademarks, all that sort of stuff. And uh, you know, it's all anonymous. They wouldn't say who they were, and they, as the story goes, they made quite a derisory offer. It is what the owner of the company has said. Um, certainly not enough to cover the cost of rebranding and contacting all their clients and sort of explaining the change and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so Facebook just pushed ahead anyway, right? And they just Jesus. announced that they're going to be called Meta. And what are you going to do? You know, I mean, as a small company, Facebook could tie you up in court cases. Yeah. Um, you know, until you go bust. God, it's so unlike Facebook, a, a company that does so much good in the world and <laughs> helps people and is a beacon of truth and hope in our in our digitally connected lives. It really surprises me that they might have done something like that. Yeah, unfathomable. <laughs> unfathomable. You know, uh, you know, I'm amazed that the, the 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 lizard person known as Mark Zuckerberg actually lets that happen. I, I thought lizards had better morals. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Oh, do you know what? Actually, uh, I, I'm googling a story. Yeah. And uh, Snopes has come up and said Snopes <laughs> unproven. Oh, really? Well, they say, uh, yeah, yeah, saying it's unproven. Yeah. Well, that's because they're not allowed to talk about it because they're being tied up in uh, in this court is, all the This time. is such a great podcast. Andy brings up a story, gets everyone hooked, then also says it's unproven, so I may have been wrong. Yeah. And be, this is like just like <laughs> how we have to put up with Andy and his mad ramblings as he yeah. as he thinks out aloud. As, <laughs> as, as the sugar hits his brain at high velocity. Yeah, in between mouthfuls of gummy <laughs> bears. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll just. Um, We'll just rebrand this the host unknown Q podcast. Oh dear. Anyway, Andy, I'm sure there is something that you do know. Uh, what I can tell you is, even though it is late on a Thursday, 
We are able to go over to our news sources at the InfoSec PA Newswire, who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry News. Ukraine unmasks Armageddon Group at FSB offices. Industry News. Facial recognition firm could be ordered to close in UK, warn experts. Industry News. One in three workers monitored by their employers. Industry News. Robinhood data breach hit 7 million customers. Industry News. US to charge suspects over Kezia ransomware attack. Industry News. Class action against Google blocked. Industry News. Anglers redirected to Pornhub. Industry News. Scam packs allegedly stole $3.5 million from Trump voters. Industry News. Researchers under, uncover prolific hacker for hire group. Industry News. And that was this week's... Industry News. Amazing. Okay, so which one of you two is monitored by your employer? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Why? Do you know what? I Because if it's so not I you two, I'm, I'm, I'm fucked. No, so I, yeah, I know, you know, we're monitored in, in our place of work. Uh, but by, not just by people, right? They actually use automated tooling that score um, things that you do. Like, so things, time that you log in, um, you know, whether it's unusual behaviors, amount of data you're copying. Uh, type of things that you're looking up as well. Uh, so a couple of years ago, you know, we, we were working on acquisition in Korea, and um, you know, it's essentially, you've got a score for every employee, right? And uh, you, when you trigger a certain threshold, that's when someone investigates. And uh, you know, looking at Korean websites at uh, two in the morning uh, is apparently a trigger for who I wasn't aware that you worked for the People's Republic of China, but, you know, it's good to know. He doesn't. It's, he, he works for North Korea, the, the oh. Democratic Public public something Korea. Yeah. DPRK, uh, is that right? I think that uh, can, depending on where you work, the type of data you've got access to, I think it's appropriate to have technology technological controls in place to uh you know non-judge and just based on data in terms of uh, highlight anything that may be considered risky that's that's double plus good is all well, I say. you know I, I think you know it when you break it down when you strip away the layers who isn't being monitored the, the technologies yeah. are co collecting the data all the time anyway um so whatever you do can be Search through. I suppose the question is, are they being proactive? Is it monitored? actively being searched? Yeah, that's and, right. that's a and, yeah. <clears throat> Rather than so reactively. What, and also, how are they monitoring as well? Right. So, like I said, yeah. the stuff that we go through is all based on behaviours, right? You know, abnormal logging times. You know, copying large amounts of data, uh, unusual patterns of um, you know activity on the network. Uh, and he doesn't then, normally do Pornhub at two in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my, no, actually, that's normal, right? That wouldn't that wouldn't change the threshold. Um, it's no, like, no, no, no. Oh, what what Andy was put. doing, he got caught, <laughs> so he hacked into Anglers, redirected it to Pornhub, and then said, "I was only going to Anglers." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh god, if only technology was that dumb, right? Um, so many, many years ago, a previous company, uh, we were in a multi-tenanted building, and uh, this was very, uh, you know. Well, 
2000 and you know maybe six 2006 that sort of time and one you know we're chatting with the uh it guys at another company uh, as people do <laughs> and uh one of the guys saying that saying you know do you use any tools for like monitoring employees like you know when people are working from home or any of that kind of stuff because back then it was more normal to come into the office but we started having more people work from home and um you know it's it's still kind of People weren't too happy because one of the sales guys answered the phone while he was cutting the grass, right? You know, when he was supposed to be working. So that didn't settle down well with the sales director thinking that everyone was working. Uh, so they're really saying that, you know, are there tools that you can use, to, you know, to ensure that, you know, productivity checkers, right? It's different thinking back then, right? You know, in terms yeah. of there, there's no mental health benefits or, like, you know, you know, people are there to work on the company time. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if they do different hours. Uh, so anyway, we spoke to this other company, and they had a tool which took a screenshot of people's desktops every five minutes. Oh! And then they had someone that had to sit there and go through everything to see what it was. Holy moly! Yeah, that that was pretty pretty detailed. I mean, you know, we we like to operate in uh, you know close to the bone, but you know, even we thought that was too far. That was. Um, <laughs> Nothing that any of us wanted to be part of. No. I, do, I do remember when I first installed a, a 64K leased line into into the company I was working for. It was a big deal because it was fast. You know, Leased line uh, or ISDN? No, it was a leased line. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was proper. Proper. Had its own static IP address and everything. Money and, bags um, over here. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> and when we, when we put it up to 2 meg a little while later, woo! But yeah, the very and you know, put our first firewall in and all that sort of stuff. And I was going through the logs as you do because I was a nosy git, and the amount of pornography that was being downloaded was incredible. It's like fantastic. I don't have to uh, you know wait for you know each pixel by pixel to download at home to uh, to (laughs) masturbate to. It can come down really quickly while I'm at work. Um, yeah, had to have a had to have a word with a few people actually. Um, you know, just not 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 to say stop it, but just to say you can be seen. No. <laughs> Do you know just what I'm saying? Yeah. Knock knock it off. Oh. <laughs> 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 so that was the thing, right? Back then, it was um, you know that's like you you learned things about people you didn't want to learn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I found out about a guy who enjoyed amputee porn. Right. So I the worst yeah. one I saw was a guy who enjoyed granny porn. Um but what was really weird about that was that his uh he was Russian, his wife was Russian. Um but she was she was really young looking, like a oh. like ballerina type. And that's yeah. why it was such a contrast, is that he had married this really beautiful, like young <laughs> Uh, you know, girl from Russia, and uh, yet yeah, he he spent a long time uh, looking at granny porn. Well, people, you know, I mean, you do what you do, right? But not when you well, not well, not when you should be working. <laughs> no, <laughs> for a start. Uh, the other thing I got you, I thought the company was pronounced Kasaya, not Cassia. Um, I don't know. I, I've always called it Kasia. Yeah. Uh, tomato, tomato. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was tomato. I don't know, let's get one of their PR people on to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and also I thought it was tomato potato. Ah. <laughs> anyway, thank you, gentlemen. That was this week's. 
Industry News. Okay, that brings us directly into the final segment of the show. And this week's... Tweet of the Week. And we always play that one twice. Tweet of the Week. Okay, so as uh, yeah, we have two Tweet of the Weeks this week. Uh, Tom, I'm going to do one which uh, you came up with, first of all. This is from Brian Merchant, and he's talking about, uh, I guess, Google over time, right? So... In 1998, Google said, our mission is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible. And then in 2004, Google says, don't be evil. A company that does good things for the world, even if we forego some short-term gains. And then we reach 2021, Google's achieving the mission of the DoD together. <laughs> Which uh, I think is a nice summary of uh, yeah. you know, where, where Google are. The Department of Defence, by the way, but yeah, of course, yeah. I assume that uh, most people in the infosec uh, arena, <laughs> well, everyone we, knows about. We are a broad church, yes, but it's uh, yeah, you. That's a bold claim, thinking that infosec people listen to us, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, DoD Orange Book, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, you know that that kind of stuff. I think it's embedded in in uh, in everyone's most people's minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it it is incredible because I always remember Google saying about you know do no evil. I think was the actual uh, tagline, wasn't it? You know, you yes. can do whatever you want in Google. You join us and you can go and run your own projects and blah blah blah. But do no evil. And now look at them. <laughs> incredible, absolutely incredible. And that leads us on to our second tweet of the week. This is one from Sherrod de Grippo. I apologize for the bad pronunciation of that. <laughs> it simply says, has anyone considered rebranding InfoSec as corporate wealth advisory? They're basically the same thing. Breaches are expensive. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. <laughs> that sounds like... An I, ad I, for a wealth management company. Well, also, but also, <laughs> I'm laughing at it, but don't particularly understand it. Really? Yeah, I'm not getting the analogy very clearly. It's, it's. You know what? I think it's. It's. It, I, I like the analogy. It's too. It's it, too it's, clever it's, for me. Is what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. That's the, that's the problem. <laughs> it's. Yeah. A, it's a bit like the. Uh, uh, the people that call themselves technical debt consultants when they work in infosec. It's. Uh, Technical debt consultants. You know it's... what the hell is one of them? <laughs> you know it's a joke. Oh, you it's... Do you know what? I've genuinely not heard that. It's not a real thing. It's something that people throw of around. It's not. Just that in is shite. Yeah. No, but but you know how how is like one of the big problems with organisations they accumulate technical debt over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and therefore security debt is is one of those things. And like you know, it's 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 a play on that. Wow, that's the problem with analogies. They don't really fit. Who would have ever thought? And, <laughs> and if you think too hard about it, it doesn't make sense. That's that's the problem when you grab the bull by the horns, Jeff. Oh, no, that's a metaphor. Yeah. When you grab the cow by the teats, this is what happens. <laughs> what was the first person who'd done that actually thinking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's, well, he thought he was going to pull the other one for a start. <laughs> oh. oh, move along, Tom. <laughs> look, look, I'm going to milk this for all it's worth. 
<laughs> Utterly irresponsible. <laughs> Tweet of the week. Oh, gentlemen, thank you very much for this week's show. It's a highlight of my week. I, I, I left last week feeling a little lower than normal, um, knowing that you just, um, you know, unboxed and rolled out Tom AI, but feel a lot better for that. So, yes, thank you very much, Jav. Thank you, sir. Have a lovely weekend. And, um, yeah, uh, I hope you enjoy listening back to this as much as well, as much as many of our audience will. You assume that I listen back to this. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Andy, thank you very much, sir. Stay secure, my friend. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. Legend Dairy. <laughs> oh, God. oh man, that took me a little while to fall into that one. <laughs> yeah, he was using the outro to Google some like cow puns. <laughs> yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was. <laughs>